All right, Allie, you ready? I guess so. Cool. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> All right. This is Title Health on Point. We're talking diabetes with Allie in three, two. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Title Health on Point. I'm Roger Fallabout, your host. Good to have you with us. Today, we have in the studio with us Allie O'Leary, who is a data analyst with Transition Services at Title Health. And we're going to be talking about the importance of diabetes care and diabetes education. Allie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Great to have <laughs> you here. As we do with all of our first timers, we ask you to please take a couple of moments here at the beginning and tell our viewers and our listeners a little something about you. Well, hello everyone. As Roger said, my name is Allie O'Leary and I'm a recent hire at Title Health Peninsula Regional with the Population Health and Clinical Integration Department. I'm going to be working as a data analyst there and I'm super excited to be a part of this team. I've done multiple internships with them and they've really guided me into my professional career. So it's really a blessing to be able to call them my coworkers now. So I grew up in the Salisbury area. So again, that's a little bit why I'm passionate about working with this department because they're helping the community that has helped me so much as I've grown up. So I graduated from James and Bennett High School in 2015, headed off to college in Lynchburg, Virginia, a little bit in the middle of nowhere, but I played lacrosse and soccer there. I studied health promotions in my undergraduate career and I loved it so much. And I have such a passion for the community. I went on to study for my master of public health which I just graduated with this past May. And so I'm really excited about that. And that really helped me in getting this job because it added a new level um, to my degree of education and my ability to help those around me. So congratulations on the MPH. That's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. That's really awesome. Uh, I also know that you have a very passionate and personal connection with the diabetes community here. How did you get involved in that? Absolutely. So... I was actually diagnosed myself with type 1 diabetes on March 3rd of 2012. I was one of the lucky ones. I didn't have any family history, nothing that would have led anyone to think that this diagnosis was coming for me. Um, so I had just about every warning sign that I could have had, which in the medical world are the three Ps. So it's polyuria, polyphagia, and polydipsia. And basically that means I'm drinking way too much water, liquids, but I can't stop. I'm always thirsty. I'm eating all the time, but at the time of my diagnosis, I was 82 pounds as a freshman in high school, and I just couldn't stop going to the bathroom because I was drinking all the time, and I had all these other warning signs. My vision was cloudy, but I had no idea. My family and I had no idea what that meant. I honestly thought the diagnosis was going to be a lot worse than it was, so when I found out it was diabetes, I kind of breathed a sigh of relief, um, but the whole story of how I got there was... I have annual labs. I have high cholesterol and it's hereditary. So I get labs done every year just to kind of check out how everything's doing, a full panel. And the doctor, my primary care provider, called my mom, let her know there's something wrong with my labs and I need to come right away. And of course, as any mother would be, she was a bit spooked, a little bit scared, and she immediately came to the high school, picked me up. And that day I hadn't gotten fin finished my lunch yet. She came to pick me up early. And normally my family eats pretty organic, pretty healthy. We don't really have sweets in the house. And just so happened that day she had packed me these little miniature Reese's in my lunchbox. And I remember sitting in the car, 
pop one in my mouth on the way to the doctor's office. I said, mom, what if they tell me something crazy? Like I have diabetes or something like that. She said, oh, don't think like that. And still to this day, I can't believe I kind of called my own diagnosis before the doctor even got to say anything to me. But, you know, as I said, once I stepped in the office and the doctor let me know my A1C, which is an average blood glucose level over three months, mine was 14.7. Well, that's very high. Yeah. And so for everyone, generally your primary care provider wants it to be around 6.5 or at least under seven. So I was over double what I should have been. Um, They were absolutely stunned that I was walking into the office because generally when that sort of thing happens, you're slipping into a diabetic coma. Um, You're really suffering from high glucose levels and your body can't do it anymore. So I was very fortunate to kind of walk into my own diagnosis. But as soon as they said the words, I was ready to go. You know, my mom, of course, started crying and got really emotional and I just gave her a hug and I said, it's going to be okay. You know, I thought this was going to be way worse than it was. Diabetes is manageable. I can do this and you can help me and I'll show you that I'm going to be okay. And it really also reinforces the importance of that annual appointment with your doc, mm-hmm. your annual labs to make sure that everything is in order. And if not, to catch this stuff uh, pretty early. Absolutely. Yeah. As a type two diabetic, which I am, Uh, I understand how this has affected my life. I'm curious, as a type 1, how has diabetes impacted yours? So, day to day, there's a lot, obviously, I have to do now. So, I'm counting carbs at every meal. I still do insulin injections because that's just a preference for me. And as my endocrinologist kind of says, if it works for you, we don't have to change it. You don't have to go on a pump. So, counting carbs at every meal, giving injections based on my ratios at every meal, I have a CGM now, um, so that connects via Bluetooth to my phone, a continuous glucose monitor, and that's made a world of difference because before that I was checking my blood sugar probably seven to ten times a day at least um, because I get a little anxious about it. There's a lot of health complications that can come by not taking care of your diabetes and not managing it very well, and I made a promise to myself the very first day that I was diagnosed that Although there were things that were going to be added to my life, you know, there were going to be more things I needed to do. I was never going to let diabetes take anything away from me. You know, I went as far as to, quote unquote, fire doctors that told me things were going to be different and I couldn't do something. And I think that's important to realize with any sort of diabetes diagnosis. It doesn't mean you can't do things. It just means you have to do a little bit extra to stay where you want to be. Sure. And be a little bit more careful, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's really, really awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. It seems like you really have things under control now, uh, and that's that's wonderful. We talked about the warning signs that got you here, but I'm curious, what's your life like now that you've got your diabetes under control? How do you feel? How's the day-to-day for you? It's really great, and I've kind of gotten myself into a routine, and that really helps with your numbers. You know, I kind of eat the same things for breakfast and lunch and dinner every day. Because of my diabetes, I've developed some intolerances, just as some people do with autoimmune disorders and diseases. Um, So I don't really eat gluten anymore. I don't eat carb heavy. Um, I don't eat red meat. So there's a lot of things, honestly, that have been taken out of my diet that could negatively impact uh, my diabetes diagnosis. But once you kind of get into that rhythm, um, it's scary at first, but managing it really becomes easy. Um, It just becomes part of my day. Just as much as I open my laptop every morning at 8 a.m. and check my email, you know, look at my calendar and see what I have for the day, I check my blood glucose and I give myself my insulin injections for my breakfast. And it's just about how do you fit it into your life? 
um, because it's going to impact your life. It's going to change your life. But I'm still very, very active. I exercise probably two hours every day. Um, and that really helps keep my blood sugars in check. It keeps them at a good constant level. And you just set reminders for yourself if you start to forget because I forget just about everything. <laughs> um, so you just got to make it work for your lifestyle and you got to change your lifestyle in little bits around it. But, you know, it doesn't change much about my day. And like I said, I, I wasn't going to let it change too much. It's just a fun addition to my life. Yeah, the key word is manage and manageable. And, and those of us who have diabetes know what that means. What a lot of people may not understand, though, and we mentioned this, you're a type one. I am a type two. What is the difference between your diabetes and my diabetes? So for type 1, it's characterized as an autoimmune disease where the pancreas produces little to no insulin. It's not caused by lifestyle, diet, or anything like that. It's just caused by a viral attack on the pancreas that really can stretch any time span. You know, there's, I had a virus right before I was diagnosed, and they think that triggered it to bring it out in my system. But it's just caused by that viral attack, um, and it it can occur at any time, and that's what we're seeing in someone's life. Type 1 diabetes is popping up all over the place. It doesn't matter how old you are. And that's why it's important to know the warning signs. But most often we're seeing it in young adults and children. And then we have type 2, which is characterized as a chronic disease where the insulin produced by your pancreas either isn't enough or it's just not doing the job that it's supposed to be doing. And that is characterized by insulin resistance. So things that impact that would be, you know, your lifestyle. It could be your age. It could be family history. It could even just be stress or high cholesterol, other things like that. So there's a lot of things that can influence it. Why, again, is why I'm saying it's important to know what it means and what can cause it because you never know. Sure. And again, back to those labs again and the importance of making sure that you that you have that done annually right. through your doc. Pre-diabetes, hearing a lot about that lately now too. What does that term mean? So pre-diabetes is kind of that stepping stone before a full-blown diabetes diagnosis. And we're hearing it a lot more because diabetes is a lot more prevalent now in every community and we're seeing it impact everyone, whether it's type 1, type 2, or even gestational diabetes. So with pre-diabetes, if your doctor says that to you, it means you're right before the cusp of diabetes. And they're telling you this so that you can kind of make those lifestyle changes that you might need to do. Maybe it's managing your weight. Maybe it's changing things in your daily nutrition or activity. But those things all play a large role in reversing that diagnosis or just, you know, helping it not progress into that full-blown diabetes. Because when you hit this point, which to be diagnosed with diabetes, you have to have an A1C over 6.5, like I've talked about before, you need to have a fasting blood glucose over 125 or a random blood glucose sampling that is over 200 with symptoms. So again, it's important to know what those symptoms might be. It is important to get those you know, annual labs done. It's important to talk to your doctor about anything weird that you might be feeling because a lot of people don't think about diabetes as that first diagnosis, but it might be. So it's important to be honest with them and be honest with yourself about what you're feeling and what doesn't feel right. You touched on this a little bit earlier, but but let me revisit it because I think it's important. Uh, you've been diagnosed with diabetes. So now what can you do to improve your quality of life? So to improve your quality of life, you really just want to maintain that healthy lifestyle. And again, a healthy lifestyle looks different for everyone depending on your age, depending on where your weight is at, but it's putting that focus on nutrition, you know, knowing what a healthy plate looks like, knowing what healthy foods look like, knowing those portion sizes. 
and activity, whether it's you walking for 20 minutes a day or maybe you're weightlifting, anything like that. But you're going to want to keep up with those aspects as well as what your primary care provider or your endocrinologist is telling you. You want to keep up with your medications, whatever those might be, because that varies from type 1 to type 2. But you want to stay diligent with those sort of things, because when you stay diligent with your medications, your prescriptions, your insulin injections, measuring your carbs, you see the the benefit of it with your A1C. And again, that A1C is that average glucose measurement over a three-month period. And that's kind of like your gold star to your primary care provider. Like, yeah, they're doing okay. You know, maybe this week they weren't so great. But over the past three months, they've really been in check with their diabetes and they've really been listening to their body. We have an outstanding diabetes nutrition and education program at Tidal Health. Tell us a little bit about the services that we offer to the community. So the two main services that they offer are diabetes self-management, education and support classes, as well as medical nutrition therapy. So with medical nutrition therapy, this can be for anyone, not even just those with type 1, type 2 diabetes. It can be, you know, someone who's just looking for weight management techniques or strategies. But you would be meeting with a licensed dietitian that they have on site at Tidal Health, and they've actually been able to do some remotely. So you can log into WebEx and do these classes. But basically, they're going to give you different strategies, um, certain individual strategies to help you keep your weight where you want it to be or where it might need to be to help manage your diagnosis. And those services are available for children, young adults, again, with or without diabetes. And then we have diabetes self-management education and support classes. So those are a four-week class series that are offered, again, remote or in person. With COVID, things are a little weird. But it's two hours per class. Um, So basically, it's just going to help them learn about their diagnosis, give them that general information You'd be meeting with people, again, who are the licensed dietitians, licensed diabetes care and education specialists from that department who are really going to help you better understand what's going on. How do I manage this? And it's for people of any age, whether it is children, young adults, teens, you know, elderly populations, anything like that. And they wanted me to mention that they have a support group actually coming up, and that would be September 13th, because that's another service that they provide, different support groups for different populations. Um, So that'll be from 6 to 8 p.m., and they're going to be holding that via WebEx, and we'll provide a link for that that can be attached to this podcast at the bottom, so that way anybody can be involved and just get to know more about your diagnosis, hear a guest speaker talk about how to manage your diagnosis and what it could mean for you. So they've got me on the right track. They've got me pointed in the right direction. They've kick-started my plan to help me manage my diabetes. But how does all of this help me over time? So it really all starts with you. And they give you all the tools. They basically give you the key to drive that car. It's just about finding that motivation inside yourself to say, hey, I'm not going to let this take away anything else from me anymore, whether it's been a month that it's been taking something away for you or years. You just decide, you know, enough is enough and I'm going to manage my diagnosis because not managing your diabetes can result in a number of other complications down the road or almost immediately. So overall, when you follow these steps that they give you, once you finish that class series, that is totally fine and they will high five you on the way out. But if you feel like you need a little bit of a a refresher again, you can come right back to them. You know, if you need a little bit of extra help and you forget how to do something or something's not working. You know, that's when you check in with your endocrinologist. 
that's when you go back and you revisit these classes. Maybe there's something specific that you need. You can attend a specific class, whether it's, you know, on nutrition or glucose management or insulin injections. They're really here to help you and they're here to help you make it as easy as it can be because it can be easy, but you just need all the tools and resources to understand. And that's why we have these licensed professionals at the hospital. This program has been American Diabetes Association certified for a number of years. So it really is a great program. And I'm not only just promoting that because I work there, (laughs) I've been through the program. So I know a little bit about it. What about the future and the vision of diabetes, nutrition and education? Where do you see all of this going down the road? So they really care about this community. And I think anyone that works at Title Health or works with Title Health can tell that these employees at this facility care a lot about this community and the health of that community. So what they want to do is just really help these patients that are coming to see them make these lifestyle changes, help them see how easy it could be. You know, again, adding a walk into your day or planning out certain meals. And they're there to help you for that because they want to give you the education and the resources and everything that they possibly can to make this easier for you. And that's really what they're here for. And they they want to keep growing and they want to hold more events and they want to bring more people in. And so they're just really focused on decreasing the amount of people that are affected by type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes, or just helping them manage that diagnosis because they really do care about the health of everyone here. We'll, we'll put something up at the end of this program too, but how can a person who is interested in learning more get in touch with the Diabetes Nutrition and Education Program? So one way, again, you want to see your primary care provider, but your primary care provider or specialist can actually put a referral in for you to see this department specifically or you can actually call their number. Their receptionist will pick up and let you know everything that you need to know about it. Or if you need to talk to someone really quick to figure out what's going to be best for me. You know, what program or part of this program is what I really need to know. And so just have those conversations with your primary care provider. Um, because there's a lot of Title Health medical partners around this community that would be excited to help you partner with another part of this facility. Um, and they're there again, and we can put the phone number down at the bottom, but they want to help you. So if you need to just give them a call and say, help, you know, I don't know which way I need to go. And I just need someone to point me in the direction. They're there to do that for you. Allie, we can't get through this interview without talking about COVID because COVID is still very prominent in our community. How does that impact someone who has diabetes? Do they need to be extra careful about their lifestyle and what they're doing? So persons with diabetes of any kind tend to have a decreased ability to fight off these widespread infections because they can be mild to moderately immune suppressed. And when you have these inflammatory responses that come with infections like COVID, a body steroid called cortisol is released and that inhibits the ability for insulin basically to do its job. So when you get these infections, basically COVID is going to try and take away your ability to take care of yourself. And whether it deals with coughing, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you're also going to be eating sporadically too. And when you eat sporadically, sometimes you just can't keep up with your blood sugar and you're going to experience high highs and you're going to experience low lows. And over time, those can really have some consequences for you. And they aren't COVID related. Just for your diabetes, that can have its own set of consequences. So it's important, you know, if you're sick with anything, the flu, COVID, any infection, you want to pay super close attention to your diabetes because 
it plays a really big factor and a bigger factor than people realize when you are sick because, you know, for example, when I, I'm sick, I see my blood sugar go high and it likes to stay high. And I could give myself all the insulin in the world and it doesn't seem to work. So you just really want to keep in touch with your body and you want to pay attention to those warning signs when you're getting sick and make sure you get the right care. Great advice. Let's get you out of here on this one. Vaccinations. We get vaccinated for the flu. There is vaccine out there and available for COVID. How do they help me with my diabetes? So vaccinations in general just reduce the intensity and the duration of an infection in the body. So again, like I just touched on, you really have to pay close attention to your diabetes. And if you're dealing something with something like COVID, you might be sick for a while, and that's going to have a really big impact on your diagnosis. So getting this vaccination would help keep that time span of the illness shorter. It would keep the symptoms lower. It would give you a better ability to take care of yourself because you won't be as sick. Because we all know when we're really sick, we don't want to do anything. We don't even want to get out of bed, you know, to get a glass of water. So being able to keep that infection or virus at a manageable level will help you in turn manage your diabetes and just keep you feeling better overall. Because when your blood glucose levels aren't good, you're not feeling good either, whether it's super high or whether it's super low. So you just want to keep it in a contained space, kind of. That's why this vaccination is important, because it lets you kind of take charge of how it's going to impact your diabetes. And it all comes back to that word again, manage and manageable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Allie, thank you so much for being on the program. Great information today. Thank you so much for having me. We would love to have you back again. Sounds great. Thank you again. If you're looking for additional information on diabetes, as Allie and I mentioned during the program, you can certainly find that on our website at TitleHealth.org. We hope you will certainly take advantage of that. And give us a call if you're interested in learning more about our Diabetes Nutrition and Education Program. And as Allie mentioned, referrals through your primary care physician are probably the best way to do that. Uh, and we can't stress enough. Have those annual visits with your doc, with your provider, and please have your annual labs done every year. Now, if you would like to offer a suggestion for another story that you'd like to see on Tidal Health's On Point, uh, please give me a call at 410-543-7142 or email me at roger.fallabout at tidalhealth.org. For Allie, I am Roger. Thanks for tuning in for this episode, and we will see you again on the next one. Tidal Health On Point. (music) 